episode 14 on this beautiful cold yeah it's kind of cold windy I, I, I mean it's weird when it's spring but it don't feel so springy it feels like a little autumn-y right it's like birds chirping it's like y'all need some coat <laughs> yeah but it's not like a sweet bird chirp it's like they saying <laughs> help me <laughs> i thought it was springtime no it's, it's a little weird weather but we're here um, episode 14, this is Forest Hall. I'm here with what? Antoinette. Antoinette Allen and uh, Housekeeping, Real Church Matters podcast. I love doing it. We're at 14th week. You can hear it on SoundCloud. If you're listening now, I don't even know why I'm telling you this, but spread the word. You can hear it on SoundCloud. You can hear it on iTunes. You can hear it on uh, uh, iPhone, <laughs> Galaxy phone. <laughs> Everything, any type of device, <laughs> any type of device, just spread the word. We thank um, everybody who's been giving us encouraging words, it's appreciated. Um, when you're doing stuff not so much for um, accolades or notoriety, um, it helps to know that you're not doing it in vain, that the goal is being met, that it's, it's falling on ears that are appreciating it, are blessed by it. And that's payment enough. That's all that I'm looking for. That's all you're looking for? Alright, and then we got Antoinette with Go Do Likewise. Do Likewise. Instagram and Twitter. LikewiseLife.com I just did a blog yesterday. Yeah, I released it yesterday. Yeah. Um, so yeah, check it out. Are you just going to be understated like that? <laughs> no, it was an awesome, awesome one. And, you know... With a lot of times with blogs, people think like you got to keep the content coming, your content coming. But I think with yours, it's quality over quantity. And uh, each one of them has been very distinctive, very uh, powerful. And this one, of course, I'm a crybaby, so it moved me to tears. But um, excellent. And I, I advise everybody to go listen to it. Um, read it. Yeah, read it. I, I don't even like, I, I was debating whether I plugged the music on here <laughs> but i guess like i mean there's no other intention for me doing it other than to bless people and hope they're inspired as well so by all means um i put some music out uh fsh just just my initials for sky hall i'm i don't have anything clever but um fs hall music Go to he got a Hall single music. patience it's such a good song did i tell you i was working out to it and i was like yo this song is perfect to work out to like it's encouraging it's upbeat like it's such a great song okay that's what's up and then we got oh you got a new one rest rest yeah that's gonna, not going to be on the same album rest is part of a meme tape i thought it'd be cool to kind of just have songs that kind of are inspired copywritten by. guys no i don't want nobody trying to steal stuff. well i actually took it from somebody else oh, forget it. <laughs> i mean it's, they call them meme tapes when they take a bunch of silly memes and put them all together so you don't have to yeah, go but you place. decided to make it into to like music, music thing, thing. Yeah, yeah so yeah don't take that <laughs> or take it I, I don't know but yeah so it started here so rest will be like part of the mixtape. I'm I'm putting out a song for Mother's Day, uh, called "Woman of God." Excellent song. Um, and that'll be on the meme tape as well. But there's an album that's actually going to be coming out, and that's called "Songs I Had to Live." Um, that'll be Volume One, and <laughs> Patience will be on there, and uh, uh, 
Yeah. So just just being creative, just consi- consistently putting things out uh, to kind of promote the faith and push the agenda of faith in my life and in the life of everybody around me. Yep. And that's awesome, guys. I mean, I don't really pat myself on the back about a lot of things, but my taste in music, I feel like, is an awesome thing. So I'm telling you guys, it's great music. Check it out. All right. So that's enough about enough, all of enough. Yeah, okay. yeah. So, so this week's topic uh, for the sake of uh, Mother's Day um, Antoinette wanted to talk about women and uh, what does it mean to be a woman of God and you know I was apprehensive because as a guy I, I have certain opinions and certain things viewpoints but I don't want to offend people and you know I don't know it's just a tricky topic because I'm not a woman yeah but that's why we're talking about women of God so when you when you add that part, it kind of qualifies you. It's like we're I, talking about. I know I'm giving a disclaimer because I'm getting scared. <laughs> um, no, but I was just thinking, like you see, like Catholics, they have nuns, and I said nuns, nuns and stuff like that. It's like, but Christians, like, what do we have to kind of say what the what the role is supposed to look what, like? What or? What does a Christian woman look like? Yeah. All right, so I'm gonna jump. I'm gonna try to answer this first. Okay. Why are you doing this fist? Why am I doing this fist? <laughs> King Arthur. I'm forging forward in this in the in light of the fact, or in spite of the fact that I'm apprehensive about it. Okay. All right. All right. So if we don't have a podcast on Tuesday. <laughs> you know that it's just because this guy deleted. All right. So here we go. So number one, I, I think it's 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 a little confusing or weird or frustrating that we look at people. Um, in a, a compartmentalized way when it comes to the faith, because the way we deal in the faith, we're spiritual beings. Bible says that the outward man is wasting away mm-hmm. as the inward man is renewing day by day. What is he saying? He's that everything that defines us as male or female is it's, it's leaving mm-hmm. as the thing that defines us as spiritual beings is slowly and progressively growing. Mm-hmm. And so when we talk about being a woman of God, I think the misnomer is that your gender factors into your walk with Christ Mm -hmm. as much as we think it does. Mm -hmm. So people use Proverbs 31. It's a Proverbs 31 woman and all this stuff. But honestly, I'll just start off with this, is that if we are going to please God. It's going to be through our spirit. And it's going to be by being a spiritual person and a Christian person. So it's almost like you get seen less as a woman almost the more you become a Christian. I don't know. That's interesting. <laughs> no, I, I, I do feel like that because I, I feel like you, you kind of you focus less on those things like beauty and things that sh- women invest a lot of time in. I feel like that stuff kind of strips right. away the closer you so get you're saying with God. Like, the more you focus on growing in a spiritual way, then you feel like that's less time that you're putting to building on the stereotype or the the expectations of being a woman in today's society mm-hmm. or even in the church. I mean, we didn't even get to that but yet, but... I guess just to keep it on, uh, to answering the question, what it takes to be a woman of God is to be a person who is obedient mm-hmm. to God. To be <laughs> so, so we've talked about this, but be a person of faith, a person who believes. 
So th- that doesn't change. That's the same thing it takes to be a man of God. Yeah, I, I just think it becomes confusing because even when you look in the Bible, it's like you see all these examples of women were either like mothers, servants, or like prostitutes. Yeah. Like <laughs> It's like you only get these versions. So yeah. it's like it's hard to say. You know, we're just supposed to be. Well, th- that's the thing that is rather interesting and a little disconcerting to people when they read the Bible is the perspective or the outlook of women in the Bible. It bears a, a harsh truth that we don't want to deal with. And the harsh truth is, is that um, the people of that time had a very archaic view of women. And their archaic view of women and their societal views of women, they made it play with their faith. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, it's kind of hard for us to detach culture from faith, but we have to. Mm -hmm. And you see how they struggle with that. Now, when Jesus came, Jesus flew against those societal structures. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, when you look at um, in Israel and women of that time, they they didn't have choices. They they had to do things. That, if we tried to put those things in this society, that that would be crazy. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Having a woman not be able to choose who she marries, mm-hmm. uh, having a woman walk around with a veil on her face at all times. Well, even how Solomon had like 700 wives. It's just like. Identify them as like property, right. and it's like, well, but you're telling them to. But even in that form, polygamy was respected, and it was legal for men, but not for women. Mm-hmm. A yeah. man could have multiple wives, but a woman could not have multiple husbands. Yeah, you get stoned. You would get killed because they believe so fiercely in the purity of the lineage. Mm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. So, so these things. Um, they play heavily into the Bible, and you only see Jesus fly against them. Mm-hmm. One specific example that you brought up earlier, but um, is when he was speaking to the Samaritan woman at the well. He was not supposed to speak to that woman. Yeah. It was it was clear that the Jews did not fraternize with Samaritans, let Period. alone a woman, yeah. a Samaritan woman. And Jesus would teach women. When you see him sitting there and Mary sitting at his feet and he's teaching her. And then he tells Martha, like, you come and sit with mm-hmm. me, too, and be taught. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like the intention of teaching someone is so that they might be able to do as well. Mm-hmm. These things, um, they they seem contradictory when you go from Jesus all the way back into uh, Paul's writings. And you hear some of the things that Paul is saying yeah. because Paul had a viewpoint. Yeah. His, Especially with the particular churches he was dealing Absolutely. with like the things that were going on then he right. just he he because it was such an uprising this is one of the reasons there's many reasons and people can go and research it but one of the reasons is that there was such a a, a uprising in the in the towns with Christianity they did not want to ruffle feathers beyond the feathers that they already had to ruffle mm-hmm. So they they very much believed that if they were in a society, that they should abide by those society's rules and standards to some regard. Mm-hmm. So when it came to things like uh, women, they they understood that we're not going to get these men 
these men aren't going to come in here and listen to us. If they come in here and see that women hold a certain place that that is not respected or that is so far beyond their societal structures. It's almost like it would be distracting to what he's really trying to do. What he's really trying to do. Mm-hmm. And, and so I, I understand these things. I understand it. It's hard for other women. I mean, not for other women, because I'm not a woman. <laughs> so I'm, I feel myself <laughs> gaining extra. <laughs> but um, it's it's hard for people to understand that because they're looking like, okay, so you telling me that when he's t- saying that women are supposed to be silent, submissive, submissive and silent. Yeah. He's he's going back to teachings that went all the way back to Genesis, and he's doing that, and he's standing on those principles, even though Christ didn't even promote those principles. Christ promoted a new way, and in that new way, everybody was one, and you were allowed to operate in that oneness. And some would say, well, Jesus didn't make any female disciples. Well, he didn't make any female disciples because of the job that the, the disciples had. The job the disciples had was a, a fierce one. These people had to, they they dealt with harsh things. They had to go out. They go out in very tough places. They had to endure beatings. They had to endure things that anybody in their right mind would not put a woman in place to do. It's no different than when the Titanic was sinking and they said women and children first. I wish you would have seen a man sitting in there like, you know, he's already in the lifeboat. Like, yo, yo, hurry up, get in here because we got to go. I'm like, no, sir, like, get out. So it's like it, women will always be seen as the more delicate. Like, there's no way to get around that. Like, well, then we're going into gender roles and, and we okay. should. No, we should. Oh. Because gender roles is, is where we're asking the question. When you say woman of God, how does the woman part factor into of God? is there are gender responsibilities. There are things that I'm responsible for because I'm a man. There are things that you're responsible for because you're a woman. And so in those things, now... Beyond childbearing and all that other stuff? Yes. Like? (laughs) Like? Well, well, number one, uh, we believe that men are to protect women, are to honor and protect them. Mm -hmm. That's biblical. That we are to treat them as one scripture said, um, we are to, where is that scripture? Oh, um, we are to, oh, in First uh, Timothy, so so it says that we are to, in First Timothy 5, we are to, 5 and 2, it says that we are, we are to treat the older women as mothers and the younger women as sisters in all purity. So he's telling this to us because it's our job is to honor each other and to honor women in that way. So I should when I look at a woman, I should be looking at her in honor, respect for her being a mother, even if she's not a mother of a child. Hmm. I'm understanding that she is a mother. And and that goes into what Paul was writing a letter to Titus when he was telling him about them about teaching the younger women and stuff like that. Because that's that's, that takes a nurturing and understanding like Genesis three and 20, it says now the man called his wife name Eve because she was the mother of all the living. So we understand it. We look at motherhood. It is a gender specific role. 
Mm-hmm. And what it means to be a mother is to be a creator and a nurturer. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like you're a bearing creation and then you nurture creation. So when we look at civilization, which is what he means when he says all of the living, we're, we're, we're saying that this has been entrusted. Civilization has been entrusted to the woman. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? That's a, that's a huge responsibility. So that's why they tell men to protect that too. We're supposed to, even, even looking at that, a man can die, but if all the women die, civilization dies. You know what I'm saying? What if all the women die and it's just men here? What are we doing? <laughs> what are we doing? For real, though. Well, we would need one. We just need one, though. You just need one <laughs> one man. Just one. <laughs> yeah, I know. You're going to be tired, but... Yeah, but but <laughs> you're, you're crazy. So, But you think about it. You, men need women in the sense that we share in creation, but you guys bear creation. Mm-hmm. You bear creation. You're the gateway of creation. As civilization goes as women go. You know what I'm saying? That's why we say that every woman is a mother because every woman has a responsibility to nurture and care for God's creation. Mm-hmm. It's built in her. That's where she even feels the desire to care and nurture. Mm. Sometimes that's misallocated. Sometimes she caring and nurturing for grown men. They ain't children no more. Yeah. Sometimes she caring and nurturing in a good way for children that ain't even hers. Yeah. My mother was always that person before she ever even had a daycare. Because at one point she had a daycare. But before then, she was even taking in children and caring for people who were not her own, even though she had seven children. Mm-hmm. Because she understood her gender role. And how her gender role can reflect the love of God, which in turn makes her a woman of God. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. I can't be a man of God if I don't take care of my children. If I don't work and provide for my children, Mm -hmm. I'm not a man of God. Uh, You know, I hate to say this, guys, but if if you have children and you're not providing for them, and your focus and your desire is not to provide for them, then you, you can't say you're a man of God. You know what I'm saying? I don't care what you're doing. I don't care if you preach every Sunday. I don't care if you heal the sick. I don't care if you go and take care of the homeless. If you have children who are in need and you created them and you're not tending to them, you are not a man of God. You're not. That must have been on your heart to share, brother, because we definitely talking about women, but it's... it's, it's definitely <laughs> no, it's... it's it, 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 I'm just saying in the context yeah. of the, the, the gender role. roles, mm-hmm. they play a part. I have something to support what you said earlier about how women bear creation. Um, Proverbs 14 and 1 says, the wisest of women builds her house, but the folly of her own hands tears it down. She, so that, that even yeah. that's showing. Yeah, and, and, and we even look at... Um, when you talk about being a woman of God and how we should honor and respect those gender roles, a lot of times women look down at being a mother as a a form of submission. Yeah. They look down at being a mother as a form of uh, them not being free. Mm-hmm. You look at, you know, many feminists talk about this, but they, they don't look at motherhood as a sense of freedom. They look at More motherhood like as another chain mm-hmm. or at least a link on the chain mm-hmm. of subservient. Mm-hmm. And that's because they don't understand that the way society view women is not the way God views it. Mm-hmm. He gave you a gift in motherhood. 
in the sense that you you really shape and mold. You know, a lot of times people, men have this this bravado about them. Right. But they feel like the world can't live without them. And they say things like, the reason the, the, the world is like the way it is is because it ain't a man in the household. Mm-hmm. You know what? We could sure use a man in the household. But more than a man in the household, we, sh- we could sure use men who appreciate and build up and encourage women to be the nurturers that they're supposed to be. Mm-hmm. And even how you're the way you're talking about it, it transcends like kid, like having children, because when you think about even having the ability to care, I feel like women have that advantage on men like to be able to nurture. And yeah, it's, it's not even an advantage. It's, it's about spirits, souls being possessed into a physical body and understanding what that body is a blessing that bears a responsibility mm-hmm. to be a man is great. I'm going to tell you how weird a kid I was. My dad used to make me take the garbage out. And during that time, it would be pitch black at night. And he's like, you should have took it out during the day. So I'm, I look outside and we're in the hood. And so there's rats and there's 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 cats and there's things running around. And I'm just a, I'm that type of kid. I'm just scared, yeah. scared, silly. Mm-hmm. So I'm standing there at the back door into this the street lights are gone. In this, this is darkness. This darkness. And I'm, I, at that moment, I always thought, why can't my sisters do this? It's and mind you them. guys, he has five sisters. I got five sisters. <laughs> why can't my sisters do this? Like, it's not fair that I have to do this. Mm-hmm. But what he was teaching me even then is the role of the man is never, never to put a woman in harm's way. Mm-hmm. But it's always to do the hard thing while they do, because it's our job, mm-hmm. while they do their job. And their job shouldn't be ours to make them do. It's ours to support them in their doing. Mm-hmm. It's the reason why women, uh, motherhood is such, uh, is so looked on in such a distasteful way. Mm-hmm. Because women don't understand the beauty and the value of being a mother and how that transcends anything actually coming from your womb, but the fact that you are a guardian of civilization. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? If if we had more women understanding how to nurture men, young men. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Nurturing a young man would solve the issue of no men in the household. It's not because that young man didn't have a father. It's that it's that he didn't have the understanding of what it takes to be a man through the eyes of the person who's supposed to nurture him. We we come from a place where men don't really they don't they they don't possess the nurturing qualities that women possess. Mm-hmm. We spend a lot of time with our mothers. Their their job is to. But that, people use that as a reason to say that's why men are soft. They even say that's that why men are soft. And this is also because people don't understand. They don't appreciate. They don't respect the power of a mother and the nurturing abilities of her. That's just one of the gender roles. Now, the reason that shows up a lot in the Bible, uh, wives and mothers, is because these women weren't allowed to be much of anything else. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? There, the, there was such a focus on that that you couldn't be the the the, in, the anything else in most respects. Do you know what I'm saying? So, yeah, 
women were reduced to being child bearers and wives or objects of affection. Mm-hmm. And, and that's unfortunate. That's the way it is. And in many of those countries, that's still the way it is. No, I feel like even in the mentality of a lot of women these days, it's the same thing. Yeah. Like, like they look at America and they say, look, look at what you do to your women. Like your women are debased and they're less than. But it's another form of degradation. But yours is not any better. It's still degradation. Yeah. And, and yes, we do enslave our women. And people say, no, we don't. Uh, women are free. No, we we are we enslave women in an ideology of physical above everything else. Mm-hmm. Women are de- define their beauty based on physicality. They de- define their worth based on physicality. It's objectification. It's yeah. objectification at the highest level. And we we make fun of people. We, we ridicule people or ostracize women who don't follow those social cues. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? And I'm not talking about because it's not a social cue for you to be out here twerking. Do you know what I'm saying? We, we don't have we, typically we don't have many women that's out here doing that. Mm-hmm. But there's I'm talking about the social cues of I, you have you have value to me based on your beauty. Are you a value to me based on what you can do for me, mm-hmm. or what I can gain from you? Yep. There's no value. And, and those, there's still anomalies to see professional women, even though there's a lot of professional women. A whole lot. Even though, a crazy you know what I'm saying? Even though proportionately there are more females that graduate college than men. It, it, it's, it's crazy that it's so skewed and so disproportionate in the way that we view only in, in, in perspective. Mm -hmm. And that's where anything that's based on perspective, women suffer. So you talk about the pay wage and the fact that they get paid less. It's because of perspective, Mm -hmm. not because they do less work, but Mm -hmm. because they're seen to be less. Even if we doing the same thing, I feel like a man, and I, I would rather have him here doing it than mm-hmm. you. That's yeah. perspective. Mm-hmm. And it's unfortunate. And the Bible should not, you know, lead us to, to operate like that. Mm-hmm. The Bible should be one of equality, one of that opens people up and say, you know what? I value this woman. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Beyond her being a suitable wife, right. beyond her being a suitable mother. I value the person she is. But I think that a lot of that comes from keeping the right perspective when you read the Bible. Like you have to keep in mind the culture of then and then keeping in mind of, you know, the times. That's why, you know, in the news recently, there was a dude who had uh, he had a scripture on the back of his truck. And the scripture was Paul saying that women are to be submissive and to be silent. He put it on the back of the truck and it made the news because this woman post- posted it on uh, her social media. And she said, why would anybody want to be a part of a religion that thinks about women in this way? And it's a it's a thing that very many people don't want to talk about in the church, but we have to talk about it. Uh, Paul's views are not the views of Christ. Mm-hmm. Paul's views at this time were, were ones of creating order based on the society they were in. We are not in that society anymore. 
the church needs to change the way they view things if they're still viewing it that way. Or if we're calling ourselves Christians, we're supposed to be followers of Christ. We're supposed to be followers of Christ. And I guarantee you, if you have the spirit in you, then you're not going to feel right about subjugating women in that way. Mm-hmm. You're not going to feel right about letting them be less than, especially in the context of women are make up 80% of the church's population. The men ain't here. Do you know what I'm saying? The men ain't here. The women are here and they're treated in a way that doesn't reflect us valuing them. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm not even talking about letting women preach. I feel like women should be allowed. If if you got something to say, Say by all means, say it. Let the spirit use you. You get what I'm saying? But I'm talking about even deeper than that. Mm -hmm. I'm talking about we should not be perpetrating the only time we're having conversations about women in church is when we're still doing the thing of she need to have a, a husband. Yeah. She needs to have a child. Do you know what I'm saying? Or if it's not being said, but it's still in the language. You it's know? still in the language. When you talk about a single woman, it's always that. That she's one of, that is without. Yeah. She is one without. And, and that's the problem to me. That's the problem is that women are still being objectified, even in the sense of, Churches, because we look at pe- women who don't have a man yep. as being less than. And that's why you have women feeling like they have to do whatever they ha- can do to please a man or to get one. That, and that's I'm, where I'm that pretty comes sure from. I'll hear a couple arguments from men, but only because it benefits you. <laughs> it benefits you to know that there's there has to be people who feel like they need you in some regard. Instead of these women understanding, I'm a spirit first. And I should be encouraged to grow in Christ. And then I will find God will show me the way to honor him in my gender roles. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I might be a mother. I might be an adopted mother. I might just take a bunch of kids in the neighborhood. I might just be an auntie. I might, you know what I'm saying? But I'm going to, I'm going to show my nurturing capabilities, my gender it's roles. It's going to reflect in everything that my I do. My gender responsibility will reflect in everything. Yeah. Whether I am a husband to anybody or not, doesn't matter. Yeah. All those attributes that he described throughout the Bible, you, you know have what I'm to display. I'm still going to yeah. protect women. I'm still going to honor women. Amen. I'm still going to take care of uh my family, your sisters, my sisters, your nieces. Gonna, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm still going to be the best man in the gender roles that I can be. I don't have to operate in a way that's archaic and say that we're, we're back in Israel and people must marry. Like I must be married. It, it It's looked upon as a good thing. This is what he called us for. He said to bear fruit and multiply. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? But Truth be told, everything ain't for everybody. How do I know that? You saying how do? Well, he said. First of all, you got to understand something. If God ever put a lot of emphasis on anything, it's in pleasing Him. And so, if you are looking at the Bible and you are trying to find out how to please God, you're going to find it. But my intention and nobody's intention should be to please you. Shouldn't be. Yep. When when women are are f- trying to find their way in Christ, their focus shouldn't be on what's in between their legs. 
The focus should be on what's in between their ears. I have a scripture with that. Galatians 1 and 10. For I am now seeking the favor of men or of God, or am I striving to please men? If we're still trying to please men, I wouldn't I would not be a bond servant of Christ. Absolutely. Absolutely. We are we are not interested in pleasing men. <laughs> yes. And yes, boys. We're not interested in pleasing. We are not. <laughs> what we are interested in is pleasing God. And as we're pleasing God, he's going to take the course of your life and guide you in the ways in which your femininity can please him. Can please him. Do you know what I'm saying? That mm-hmm. may mean being married. It may not. Do you know what I'm saying? It mm-hmm. may mean having children. It, it may, may not. not. Mm-hmm. But one thing about it, if you're always pleasing God, then as this outward man perishes in all of its vagina, <laughs> <laughs> what will stand is a spirit that's pleasing to God. And that makes a woman of God. Right. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I understand Proverbs 31, but once again, understand that was written by a man. And in the concept of that, all of those attributes that he's describing are things that if a man possessed them, I would be just as happy for him. There's no gender specific things when it comes to righteousness. There's no gender specific things when it comes to holiness or godliness. A Proverbs 31 woman is no different than a Proverbs 31 man. That's right. When we look at it in that way, we're falling back into a thing where we act like who we are is defined by this body that's temporary than the spirit that's eternal. Especially when you start thinking about that submissive thing. It's like we're all submissive at the end of the day to God. Yeah. And and I know there's tons of people and we're not going to go on that subject of of homosexuality. We're not going we're not going to deal we're with not it gonna right do now. That. No. Let me tell you why we're not going to deal with it cuz today we're talking about the gender roles that honor God. That's what we talk about. We talking about a woman was created with a vagina and that doesn't mean that she is she belongs to a man. Just because it's a vagina there doesn't mean that it's there for any man's pleasure. It means that she lives as a woman in pleasure of God and what he designs for her life. And if, if that's what he designs for her life to, to put some use to that vagina, then he going to put some use to it, whether it be through childbirth or whether it be through sex. I don't, I don't, you know what I'm saying? I'm just, I'm, I'm not trying to be blunt, but I'm trying to give a context to say people look at things as if they, but just because I have it, I have to use it. And just because I am the opposite of you, that you should be. Yes. You know what I'm saying? That's, like, that's why so many things are left up to interpretation when you absolutely, have that. Absolutely. Mentality. Absolutely. And, and, and here's the thing, you know, people don't like being boxed in. Nah. We don't like labels. We don't like to we identify don't. as anything. We don't like to identify as anything. We don't like the commitment that that involves. Mm-hmm. Because it involves a responsibility. And I have to be beholden to that responsibility even when I don't feel like it. Mm -hmm. So when I woke up one day in a state of consciousness and I existed in this world, at some point I looked down and realized I'm a boy. And everybody taught me and helped me understand that I'm a boy. Mm -hmm. But it didn't go any further in my own mind. But people have to nurture you. 
to help you understand what these tools, what this body means for you and how the resp- there's a responsibility with what you were given to honor God with. So that's a that's a woman of God. That's a man of God, too. That's all we're saying is that he, he chose how to make us. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, like when we talk about consciousness, consciousness is subjective. Mm-hmm. Consciousness is subjective. What do you mean? I don't have no say in who I think I am. You absolutely do. And, and I, you know, I'm not going to go into the homosexuality thing, but what I will explain is that even for women, understanding that your your consciousness must be nurtured to honor the body that you've been given. We have to be nurtured in that way. There are many women who struggle with being a mother because they never were nurtured to understand and to value the role of that. There are many women who struggle with being a woman. Do you know what I'm saying? With honoring her body and honoring the power that it... it, If you were in in charge of civilization, like you're... we're, We're giving you such a responsibility. You're in charge of civilization. Let's take it away from that. Let's say you were just in charge... Of some children and some their parents left and said, I'm leaving you with them. And when I come back, we're hoping everything is OK. If they came back and their children were cussing and they never cussed before, their children were screaming and crying. Their children had bruises on them. You, those parents would be upset mm-hmm. because they left you with the responsibility to tend and care, not to treat them or to mishandle them or neglect them. Mm-hmm. No different than what God gave us. He gave us a life, comes with a body, comes with responsibilities. Mm-hmm. When he comes back, he's looking for that thing to be better than when he left it. Mm-hmm. He's looking for it to be in good condition. I'm not talking about uh, being a virgin. What I'm talking about is honoring yourself. Mm-hmm. When we honor ourselves, that, that's another way to, in which you be you you're a woman of God is that you the the crown of power and dignity and responsibility that He gave you should be entrusted and protected and never marred and sullied and dragged across the mud of society's ideologies. Mm. Because you know it's one of the things I used to always joke with my sisters and say like you know what guys want. That's not to say that guys are bad. It's just to say we know what they want. One thing that I know that they don't want is to honor your body no. and to honor the, the person, <laughs> honor the personage of what God created you for. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? When I'm a guy. So, so at times, thoughts come into your head. Those thoughts are not to find ways to honor that woman. Not no, they're they're thoughts to find ways to take Dishonor. It, to to take advantage of her, yeah. without even thought of how I can honor her in that respect. Right. Nobody, no, no man is just sitting there. I mean, it, I I understand that somebody's gonna say, you know, I saw my wife. I just was fantasizing about walking across the aisle with her. You know, that's <laughs> what's up, my G. But I'm saying for the the most of the men that was born and shaped in iniquity, we look at men, women and we lust upon our hearts and we have to deal with that. The reality is the society and everything about it is teaching us, has taught us and has has um, built up in us that we take advantage of women for our pleasure. 
not honor them right. for God's pleasure. That, and that's why feminists exist now, because it's like women get tired of that feeling of Of being objectified, and, yeah. even in the church. Like, I, I just feel like that's a that's an important role. And just to um, just to throw some more scriptures on it, because I just was ranting and raving for a minute there. But <laughs> um, even in Second Timothy Chapter one, verse four through six. And I, I'm kind of bad mouthing Paul today, but he did write something that was cool. He said, you know, he was longing to see Timothy. He's mindful of the sincere faith that he had. He said, it first dwelt in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice. And and I thought that that was interesting that he could even take note that there's something that this young man possesses that he first seen it in his grandmother and his mother. Mm. And it's it's important for us to understand it. Those are when the father's away at working, you know, working, and he's doing his part to provide. There is somebody who is has a direct connection with the child, mm-hmm. and tends to it. And it's a lot of you know a lot of people use that as an example for why women should be at home being mothers. But we understand we live in a world where people gotta work. But it's even if if that's the choice that you make. As a woman, you have a career, and I applaud that. You, you deserve the right to have a career, to be creative, articulate, to be professionals, business people, movers, shakers. But in light of that, you still have a responsibility, if you created a child, to put as much energy and time in them as you can. So that there's, if there's something awesome and beautiful and worthy that kid. Yep. about you, it, it permeates in that child. Mm-hmm. I came from a mother who made a sacrifice. She, you know, she left a professional job at the CIA so that she could take care of her seven children because she realized that's what she, that was pressed on her heart to do. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and, you know, 30 something years later, she was able to, you know, jump back into the field and, you know, never didn't even lose much of her GS status. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, God worked it out that way. But but she made a she made a, a sacrifice. And a lot of her characteristics ended up oh, you know, absolutely. being in, instilled in you guys. Instilled in us, even even uh, unwittingly, mm. because um, I was one of those kids that I resented my mother. You know, for all intents and purposes, I wish that I had a mother that wasn't so churchy mm-hmm. <laughs> and wasn't so uh so um motherly I guess. motherly yeah. and nurturing and aware mm-hmm. just so cotton picking care aware that much like and care because you know i it's easy for people to say like you know um oh god just get off of me leave me alone let me breathe but for the kid who doesn't have that mm-hmm. Do you know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. for the kid that doesn't have that, that's a struggle. That's a struggle for them because they wish they had that. And so I had that. I had a mother who prayed with me, for me, on me, every night, through me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I had a mother. I mean, yeah, and then your mother, she, you know, she wrote songs and taught you guys how to write and make songs and yeah. like she. And, and, and the crazy thing is, never like sit down here. Let me teach you how right. to write a song. It, it never was. It none was of like that. her doing it. It's just doing it. Yeah. 
you you realize and your kids see that like even with my mom like she i would see her read and always running around encouraging people and helping visiting people at the hospital and i look at who i am today and it's like all of that made me it carries over yeah and beyond be- her just telling me to do stuff not because we wanted to but because Nurturing is this otherworldly thing mm. that's so powerful. It's so influential mm. to nurture something. And a lot of times people look and be like, uh, it, it, nobody wants to take ownership. The, the, the lives of your children are reflective of the time you spent with them and what you put in them. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I, I believe in that scripture when it says raise children. In the no admonition of the, of the Lord, Lord. Or, or in the fear or the reverence of the Lord. And then when they get old, they won't depart. You know, my mother did that, and I wasn't the most perfect kid. I made stupid mistakes, you know, even as an adult. But one thing that always was there is that I had a gravity in my world. And I believe that even with like parents who feel like their children are have gone astray and stuff like that, I feel like if you did the right thing, those kids they won't depart. They may, you know, because take they, a step away for a little while, they but live they'll in a be world back. Where there's a gravity. Mm-hmm. When you, when you don't put a gravity in children's lives, then oh, yes, an awareness. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. I'm just using the word gravity because in the sense of somebody in space, they have no real control over where they go. You know what I'm saying? They have mm-hmm. no real control of, or bearing about what's how to, to get a proper footing with life. Mm-hmm. That's how we are. You know, this, this faith that we're talking about, that, that permeates in everybody, no matter their gender, is put on a gender role of responsibility, is put on a woman to help instill that faith in the next generation. But what do you say? Because I feel like we're both speaking from perspectives where we both had women of God as mothers. Mm-hmm. What do you say about people who didn't necessarily? You know, I know a lot of people who mother moms were crackheads and yeah. all kinds of crazy stuff. You know, it, it's the interesting thing because um, I I know people who had mothers that weren't the best, and I know the struggles they had, and I know. That one thing I always share with them is that they have to have faith to know that this happened for a reason. You know what I'm saying? You can look, you can always look across the road and and wish. You know, as much as I I I loathe, I love, I'll say loathe. <laughs> as much as I love my mother, and I love in hindsight, I love what she was, who she is, and who she's continuing to grow to be. Um one thing about it is I always was envious of other people's mothers yeah. because, once again, you don't see things for the value they are. Yep. You know what I'm saying? So I understand. All I could see is poverty. All I see is poor. All I could see is I wanted things and they couldn't give it to me. All I could see is I wanted to do things and they wouldn't let me do it. You know what I'm saying? As a child, that's you're very stilted, very one-dimensional. In, in your approach to life, it's all about what you want and what you don't have. And it's ironic that most people don't grow up. And that's the definitive uh, measure of maturity to me is that somebody can only see what they want, never what they have. Um, and because of that, um, you know, we all feel feel at some point that we are lacking. But as adults... Hopefully everybody, even with the mothers that weren't as awesome, 
that you can look back and see how God was there and how God was protecting you in some instances and how God was helping you and guiding you. And even now, using that information, that life information to propel you into being better than. Because it's never too late. Like, no, it's not. Because even we think about how our relationship, even my relationship with my father, it's just it's changed so much throughout the years. It's like you really never know yeah, what things you, you can evolve so, so to. Yeah, you get so caught up in what a person did or didn't do. Mm-hmm. You also got to give them a chance to grow. Yeah. If they're alive and they're still living, then there's hope to to have some semblance of relationship and to help that person grow. There's things that we could do for our parents now as adults we couldn't do for them as kids. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I'm realizing that now. Like I could pull my mother aside and pray with her. Yeah. That wasn't the thought when I was a kid. You know what I'm saying? I can encourage her. I didn't think I could do that. I didn't think it was my place to do that, nor did I want to as a kid. But as a grown man, just to be able to, to cover my parents and to help them and to encourage them, it's powerful. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times you you dealing with parents, number one, these people have been put in situations by their own doing. I mean, I understand that, but they've been put in the situations where they weren't even prepared or truly understood the responsibility of being a man or being a woman. It's, it's, it's more than just, oh, this is an Audi. Oh, this is an any. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Oh, if we put the Audi and the any together, it feels good. Mm-hmm. No, it's more than that. These things were given to us with a distinct purpose and role. And understanding its value is what is more powerful. I, I honestly, when I look at these scriptures and it's what men pull from it is how a woman should be submissive to the man. When, when they do these things, they take away from the foundation of beauty and power of a, responsibility. and the responsibility of a wife loving and helping and nurturing her husband. Yeah. Or a sister, like you said. All these or different roles that women play. Yeah. We, we, we distort them by making them subservient roles mm-hmm. when they're actually roles of power. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I'm saying? A, a, a woman who gives herself to you and allows you to be her husband and, and engages with you in that way, I, I'm, I, I don't see how you honor her by making her subservient to you, by thinking that her only purpose is to either feed you or gratify you yeah. or take care of the children that you helped her make without you ever encouraging her, helping her, and creating an environment where she can do that with the least amount of issues outside of just the overall trials and tribulations of doing and committing yourself to that responsibility. Mm-hmm. I think that, you know, just to bring it full circle, what it means to be a woman of God is to honor those roles. You know, not just being a wife, not just being a mother, not just being a sister or a daughter, but honor and, and appreciate the role of just being free. It's, it's a scripture where they, they liken Israel to a woman and he says, Israel is our mother and she is a free woman. So if we were born of a free woman then we are free. Mm-hmm. And it says that if we were born of a bond servant or a bond woman, then we're not free. 
And that's the, that was the rule. If you was born of a free woman, then you were essentially free. Yeah. So, I mean, same thing with slavery. And, and so for for me, my prayer to all women, as we kind of close out, is mm-hmm. that they would understand their freedom in Christ to not live according to the status quo or the understanding of what a woman is in the eyes of men. Mm-hmm. But they would understand what a woman is in the eyes of God. Mm-hmm. And, and find it, free, freedom and in find that. And find freedom in that so that when you bear children, they are children who are free because they were born from a free woman. Mm-hmm. I'm tired of bound women, yeah. captive women, captive of ideologies, captive of uh, objectification, yeah. bearing children who are not free. I want I want to see people free, and you know, we celebrate Mother's Day. I do honor my mother, and I want to take this time to, to salute her and thank her for what she has done in my life. And, you know, give you the opportunity to, to do the same thing for your mom. Yeah. Happy, happy Mother's Day. I had an awesome mom, and the, the podcast will have to be way longer for me to go into that, but... Yeah, I think we both know what women of God, we know, we both know who God is through our moms and yeah. how they live their lives. One thing about your mom, just because I, I was very familiar with her mom, um, is your mom was cool to me because she was a habitual line stepper. <laughs> <laughs> she always crossed the line. She always crossed the line. And not in a disrespectful way. She just never let anybody dictate what type of person she would be. She was unorthodox. Mm-hmm. She was unorthodox. And and the cool thing about it is our moms were alike in a way that um, there wasn't nothing they couldn't do because there wasn't nothing they didn't think they could do. That's that freedom we were That's talking about. We were talking mm-hmm. about. Like your mother would be doing the finances and also creating a logo. Now mind you, she didn't ever learn how to do a logo, but she she just she preached always, all of she that. Preached. Yeah. She she did whatever needed to be done. She found ways to be everywhere for mm-hmm. everybody and still be somewhere for somebody. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like those those things only happen when you don't put any restrictions on what God can do with your life. You know what I'm saying? The only reason there's hidden figures is because we have hidden behind our views. Of our roles as in genders. Do you know what I'm saying? We are free. Women are free. Men are, men are free mm-hmm. to be whatever. And I, I honored that about her and I respected that about her. Is that she she was just unabashedly obedient to whatever God put on her heart. And even when it wasn't popular, that's what she did. And my mother is saying that like Quiet as kept. She's, she was a quiet entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. You, know, you didn't even pay attention to it. And now I'm looking back and I'm like, oh, my mother. She, she, was she full on like, ran a daycare. Yes. You know what I'm saying? She built it from the ground up and then just let it go when she was done with it because <laughs> she can do that. Okay. Because she, you, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't have to be one thing all my life. Mm-hmm. I can be so many things. Yeah. I looked at that and I fed off that. And the effect she's had is just like to so many people. It's just yeah. it's crazy. Yeah, I mean, it's crazy. And it's crazy how a mom can be a mom. Like we were saying earlier, a mom to somebody else. Like she's not my mom, but it feels like it because of the things she's done for me. Yeah. 
And, and that's why my perspective of what a woman of God is, is that I've never looked at my mother as a mother. I never looked at her as a wife, even though she did all those things. And if you ask the people she did it to, they would say she's the best ever. But she never was defined by those things. And that's the thing. Like, these are roles. These are responsibilities. Like, I took out the trash, but I'm not trash, man. (laughs) Do you know what I'm saying? That's what it is in Christ. Yeah. yeah, We have these roles, but these roles don't define us. For you women out there who are wives, you are not just a wife. If that man tries to make you just a wife, he's not a man of God. I said it. If if for those women out there who are mothers, yes, you have a child and you're a mother, but God has made you in a dynamic way where you aren't just supposed to be just a mother, but you better do that job with all the intensity and all the passion that you do everything else. Because while you're not just a mother, you still are. Episode 14. <laughs> Happy Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day, guys. You women out there, listen, you're beautiful. We didn't even talk about beauty because beauty truly is in you honoring and being everything that God created you to be. When he said he made you fearfully and wonderfully, he wasn't just talking about your measurements, but he was talking about the measure of your life. He he laid it all out. Everything from the first breath to the last one. So fill those measurements out, too. We are.